Hey everybody and welcome. You are listening to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. Join me each episode with a different special guest. We'll be breaking the locks off toxic masculinity one locker at a time. This week I'm joined by the fearless Sam Henley who is a musician. Today me and Sam talk about sensitivity, androgyny and the importance of men being educated when it comes to consent. Please note that the conversations between me and my guests are purely based on our own thoughts and experiences. Now with all that in mind, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello everybody and just before we start, here is a lesson in masculinity 101. David M. Brannan's definition of the evolved industrial model of masculinity, sometimes referred to as the man box, consists of four key principles. No sissy stuff in terms of non-femininity, be a big wheel in terms of status and success, be a sturdy oak in terms of independence and inexpressiveness, and damn the torpedoes full speed ahead in terms of adventurousness and aggressiveness. Hi everybody and welcome back to Lux Lux Locker Room. Um, This is another episode. I'm here today with Sam. Hi Sam. Hi. Hello. How are you doing today? Can you let our lovely audience know how you're doing? Yeah, I've been I've been very good, thank you. Um keeping busy in lockdown. Um so obviously working from home, working on a few sort of things to keep me sane and busy, um, which is really good. Obviously, this isn't ideal, but I feel like I've kind of just got on with it and just, you know, try and keep as well connected with friends as possible and and try my hardest to enjoy myself during this time trying hard yeah definitely um because yeah, we were just talking about weren't we how and um, we we're both missing performing um because obviously you'd with your music and me with like my burlesque and dancing and stuff yeah yeah so we've just got to make the most of the time at the minute um so yeah so let's get straight in with the conversation then um sure. so um i just wanted to dive in with quite like a not an easy question but i always do this to my guests um so could you tell us a bit about what it was like for you growing up um we can kind of link this in as well with like sort of like interests sort of like masculine mm-hmm. ideals that are onto you but yeah if you could just give us a brief outline of how how your upbringing was um yeah Sure, and I think that's a that's a really good question. Um, um, and to be honest, I would say growing up, um, like I was, yeah, I was happy, and like I was in my own little world. Um, I just loved Star Wars and like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, and liked like skateboarding and music. When I got older, and I really sort of loved playing drums and stuff like that and that was my sort of identity my identity was music and express myself through that way and I know that we touch on the themes of I know you got you touch on the themes of like masculinity and I think I was extreme I think I was sensitive very very sensitive growing up very sensitive um quite soft for a guy um whatever that is supposed to mean um <clears throat> at the time um and like i said i was always just doing it in my own little world you know um had all kinds of different interests and stuff like that and there had been times where i felt a little bit left behind and i didn't have a huge friendship we didn't have a huge friendship group that were involved in in music so I, it was a very much a personal journey 
until I've sort of got older and I found myself in a, in a music community. But in terms of the, <clears throat> in terms of masculinity, I'd say I was quite a sensitive child. Um, and even, I guess, a sensitive teenager, which was, I'd say it was a struggle. It was definitely a struggle. Um, it was, it was, de- it's, it's harder being sensitive when you're, when you're growing up in a, te- in a, in a, in like a very boisterous teenagehood, teenagehood life, you know? Yeah. And I, I can kind of relate to that as well. Cause um, I feel like people used to say I was sensitive. I think sometimes um, that worked in my favor. Like people were nice to me, but other times um, it wasn't so good. Like obviously with fitting in with other boys and stuff. Um, Cause a lot of the time, a lot of guys would sort of question my interests and sort of if I wasn't like um, interested in sports um, or like tough about certain things um, obviously the typical like punch you on the arm come on like um, just get on with stuff um, yeah but yeah do you think then so tracing it back a bit do you think like having interest in stuff like Star Wars and all your other interests in music do you think that was sort of like a safe space for you um, to sort of um help you growing up with there's other stuff going on obviously people not being nice and stuff like that oh definitely like I think bullying has definitely been somewhat a big part of my of my like childhood and early adulthood and music was was ideal just like just like a lot of people would agree with me music was a very a really positive outlet because I had I had the drums you know so I'd spend a lot of my days after school playing drums and I'd be forming bands with friends from school and it it gave me like a a sense of purpose for going into school and not being like quote-unquote cool you know I just spend it in a music room jamming um doing band practices after school but and even like the the type of artists at the time that I was loving I felt like they had the same problems as me you know, and I really related to that. And my music taste has never really changed. I'd say it's just more developed. And I'm still, as an adult, relating to artists now at the age of 22 going on 23. It just like, it's it's just, you know, I just sort of grow up a little bit and it just develops. So it was definitely like a um, a positive outlet. And, and like you said, it was a, it was a safe space and it's, it, it was probably different. It was probably a different, maybe like teenager had experienced the most because it was, you know, playing shows. It was doing band practices. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I cared about. And at the time, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the way, like ever. So, yeah. Yeah, music for me um, at school, because I, I took it for GCSE, um, I, I kind of felt like before GCSE, when people didn't, were taking music and didn't want to do it I kind of I really enjoyed music um because obviously I went to I went to choir practice and whenever we did uh, music lessons we learned different instruments and I found that really interesting I found it annoying though when people were like messing around um in the music class um because I was just like oh I want to learn something here but then they wouldn't mess well yeah. they would mess around in all classes but they wouldn't mess around as much in like maths or science which I found a bit boring and stuff or DNT when you've got like a saw that yeah um, the boys enjoyed that but it's like I wanted to actually learn in music um so I don't know how you found that um did you did you get on okay in your music classes or were there people messing around in that too to be honest I feel I with it with music classes a lot of it was stuff like keyboards and notes and to be honest all I wanted to do was 
hit drums and shout and you know have that kind of expression um so i probably was the guy messing about in your uh, music class to be quite honest um so um but that was what i wanted at the time like i wanted something angsty and and like as i've got as like as i've got older i'm starting to maybe appreciate the intricacies and delicacy of music but I guess as a younger person, all I wanted to do was hit as hard as possible and be, you know, expressive in that sense. Um, I just wanted to talk a bit about, um, you know, about sensitivity and stuff, because um, I don't know if you sure. had any problems with like people trying to push your limits, um, because with me, I think because I was quite patient and I didn't react to stuff because I, I wasn't the type of confrontational person or I didn't want to like get in an argument I think people used to push me to try and push my buttons to wind me up because they knew that I was quite like a calm and sensitive person there yeah. was like a few examples like where they used to just say homophobic stuff and then it got to the point where one time where I just like stole a bit dramatic but I stormed out of the classroom and swore and stuff because like, I think they were, it got to the point where people just wound me up that much Um I'd, I was normally quite had a good temperament Um I wasn't perfect obviously teenager messing about sometimes and stuff but it's annoying when, pe when sometimes you have got a good temperament and people do try and push your limits to see if they can get a reaction yeah I don't know if you ever had anything like that you might not be able to think of any examples but you know what I mean um, firstly, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Like when someone gets in your head, it's it's a really, really nasty, traumatic experience. And yeah, ho homophobia in high school is it's it's not it's it's not on. And I've heard many many a stories and witnessed many a things that relate to your story. So I'm sorry you had to experience that. Um, but yeah, I I definitely have experience with people trying to push your buttons because the worst thing is is when people realize you are sensitive and people realize you are anxious and they don't really understand what it's like. So they will try and get a reaction out of you. They're gonna try and make you scared. They're gonna try and make you fearful. Um, it's, it's a really horrible thing where it's like, it's when your weakness is on display and you show some kind of vulnerability, people can exploit that. Um, like it's particularly in like a school atmosphere where it is where boys are very boisterous and there is like toxic masculinity engraved within that and yeah people used to try and push my buttons try and like get me to react a certain way and it was yeah it was it was uh it was definitely it was not a nice experience I, as you know it's very very traumatic it's but it's one of those things where you've i've accepted it i was like okay that happened and it's it's a real shame that you feel like you have to not show your sensitive side because of that, because you're scared of what people are going to do. Um, which I don't I don't know if you agree on. I don't know if it's changed your perception on sensitivity and how you, you know, compose yourself, etc. Yeah, because I was just going to ask actually what you think about um, or what you used to think as well about expressing your emotions. Do you know if someone was winding you up as well? Because sometimes a lot of the people who wound me up, I couldn't exactly say to them, oh, can you stop doing that? Because that would that would probably fuel the fire as well. But I I, um, I wasn't very good at expressing my emotions, I guess. Um, and then it like that one time in the classroom, it did all of a sudden come out where I just stormed out and swore and stuff. Um, but I think with friends, I tried to express myself if someone was like um, in this way. But yeah, it's kind of like you try and hide it, 
but your sensitivity because you're worried about what other people think but then it ends up coming out anyway um so yeah I don't know what you thought about did you find expressing yourself difficult like if you were upset about something or something bothered you or can you not really remember um I think it's a case I feel like it's a case on on age and maybe the type of people because if something bothers me now and I go to another adult or my friends I say ah you know this is bothering me 99.9% of the time they're going to understand because they're grown adults like me. They're very similar to me. They're going to, they're going to understand boundaries and they understand, you know, mental health and and stuff like that. So yeah, like I say, as an older adult, it's not a problem at all. But I think when you're younger and maybe when people don't have, haven't had those kind of experiences as maybe yourself or myself, they, they don't understand the effects it has. It's one of those things you don't know until you've, you know you've experienced bullying for instance like you no one understands you know um so it really it really is a case of when you I feel like it's definitely got better when I've got older I've not had any problems expressing discomfort um well probably because most most of my friends make me feel very comfortable um I was probably the same with yourself um if there was I know for a fact they'll go okay that's fine apologies stop but it was much different story when you're younger um again like it fuels the fire which is not it's not good really yeah well I think that's good then that you're able to sort of um it's healthy for you now and stuff um but I think believe it or not because I know you've seen me perform and stuff and um you know me well in that sense Mm -hmm. I I actually do struggle to express myself still um obviously obviously not on stage and like with creatively but um I do in terms of like um sometimes saying if something's bothered me um I don't know why it is it it probably relate it could relate back to at school when I struggled to say it because there's this kind of thing how we were saying about um men sort of um, I believe that like a lot of the boys were trying to like wind up the what the who they thought was like the weakest link sort of like as a yeah, power 100%. thing. So obviously maybe I don't know I could be psychoanalyzing myself but maybe I struggled to sort of um, admit sometimes when somebody's bothered me is because I kind of related to that kind of weakness that they um, projected onto me. So yeah I'd, you probably didn't know that about me that I do still struggle to express it when someone has upset me but I'm working okay. on it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's good to like and it's you know it's always good to recognize your ways you can improve and I feel like as men because I feel we've been conditioned to act a certain way and to believe certain things you've really got to relearn what you've been taught you know and, and for you that is relearning how to express yourself maybe for me it's relearning how to um I'd say for instance like a big floor is talking about problems you know um and admitting you're maybe mentally unwell or physically unwell, like I, my toxic trait is I will, no, will not admit that I, I am struggling. I'm fine, I'm gonna just carry on, you know, I'm gonna power through because that's what men do. And I know that's toxic. Even if when my friends are struggling, I'm like, you know what? Have a rest, have a day off, you know? But with me, I'm like, must carry on. You know, even if I've got a broken leg, I'll probably still go for a run. <laughs> so that, that is, it's, it's one of those things where you are really are conditioned to be, believe a certain thing it's, and you know what it's the same I mean I can imagine it's the same for women as well that you know through the patriarchy and etc etc that you have to sort of relearn everything you've been taught yeah that's that's a good way of looking at it. I think that is I'm trying to relearn stuff like that especially with I know we'll talk about this in a minute but what others deem to be masculine and feminine and 
like with gender and stuff um mm-hmm. but yeah I agree with that and I think something else I struggle with I don't know about you is asking for help sometimes like I feel like I can take all on this stuff and then I don't know why but asking for help I don't I feel bad I don't know about you yeah that's the exact same for me I hate asking for any kind of help I'm like gotta do this all by myself you know gotta gotta power through but in reality sometimes I just gotta admit defeat and go ah, that's it help me please <laughs> but it's <laughs> one of them yeah it's all part of the process isn't it um but I just wanted to move on now to um your music and stuff um sure. a, a sort of prompt I thought of this I just thought of this recently actually was um because I, I saw on your Instagram story you were asking people to I don't know if you remember this name films or um stuff and you were saying if you liked it or not can you remember that named yeah. films yeah yeah um, and uh, I think I, I I commented on it I said um school of <laughs> school of rock <laughs> um, obviously that's like a cheesy classic but um the reason why I was mentioning that now is because I wanted to um talk a bit about music and uh, bod- body image as well um okay, because interesting. when I well what point I'm going to make from that is um Jack Black in it um I like when I was watching that I really liked the fact that he was quite um when he was on stage he's like quite body confident um and he didn't really care about what other people thought even though other people were like commenting on his weight and stuff he just seemed to enjoy himself with like the music and it was like a comic comedy as well and mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what I do with my performing as well um but I was kind of wanted to this might have nothing to do with what you're going to say but I was kind of um wanted to talk about it from that angle then about like body image and music and stuff um so firstly could you tell us a bit about what sort of music you do and then if you could kind of relate it onto what I've just said does that make sense sure, sure. um so I've I've done different types of music I've done um for through like since childhood to now I've played in a like an indie rock pop band with some friends from Worcester and we've been going for about 10 years which is crazy and we've been working on some stuff and that's really fun and I do it because I, obviously I love the music. I really like the people. Um, so that's sort of what I do in that genre. But I mostly play hardcore, which is a, a mix of metal and punk. It's very fast. It's very loud, very aggressive, uh, very emotional, very angry. Um, it can be very masculine. It can be very sort of expressive. Um, it can be very sort of um, very queer conscious. It's a very all-encompassing genre of music, which I feel... Is why I really like it so much. Um, um, so I do play drums in a few sort of hardcore bands, and I do and I sing or scream, whatever you want to call it, in a in a band called uh, Bad Dreams, which is what I put together with some people um, in Birmingham. And unfortunately, I haven't done well anything in about nine months due to obviously the lockdown. But um, I'm very excited to get get back that they get that again yeah well thanks for filling us in on that and in terms of like back to <laughs> jack black and stuff and um body image do you feel um like if you're on stage ever self-conscious then like if you're um taking your shirt off or anything because i know a lot of like bands do that because mm-hmm. i know in the film jack black he didn't really care and like um even though other people were like quite critical of his body image and stuff so have you got anything to say about that <laughs> oh 100 percent. i think it's a really good point that you what you made about um jack black in that film because i remember he actually says that he's sexy you know and i think 
with 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 the school film School of Rock. I think it's such a good um, representation of rock music and being punk and expressive and the way that music can really help you help your self confidence. And I think it's this might sound really cheesy, but when it just gets down to the music, that's it. You know, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter. It should not matter your sexuality or your or your gender or identity. It's just it should just be about rock music and expressing yourself. And I feel that's that's what it is when a lot for a lot of people when they go on stage. Obviously, for instance, yeah, you use the example of Jack Black and that character. You know, it doesn't matter what he looked like. He was just a really cool singer and he was a really cool guitar player and he was expressing himself and that's what it should be. Um, I do, I, this, it is a bit of like a, a running joke that I can't do a stage, go on stage without taking a shirt off. <laughs> but I'm always doing it. Um, but you know, you know what? It's because it makes me feel very good. It makes me feel really good. It makes me feel quite free. Um, it's what I used to see when like when I'd watch like videos, I'd see like shirtless dudes with shaved heads like screaming. I was like, yeah, hey, I want to do that. I want to do that. And like, um, and like, honestly, when it comes down to the music, I'm quite traditional. I think it's not about image. It's not about what you look like. It's or at least it, sh it shouldn't be. It should just be about expressing yourself and you know just enjoying the experience and the friends you meet along the way, etc. I don't know if that sort of covers your your point. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's really good. Thanks. And it kind of, I kind of feel the same when I'm um, performing as well. Obviously, with burlesque, um, I just feel the music and the performance and sort of like the dancing, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, sort of style I'm in at that point. Um, so, yeah. And um, what I can't remember what I was going to say now. Um, yeah, I think I was going to link it in with being younger um sort of mm -hmm. into body image back to that because I think I I used to in PE I used to always struggle to like get changed because people would like comment on each other's weight throw stuff at each other um you know yeah, yeah. comment yeah, about yeah, yeah. like um if you're not muscly or whatever and um, so it, it sort of started from that and then obviously there's not much great examples on tv of different body representations for mm -hmm. um men per se um so I think there's this kind of like toxic masculinity sense in that way, how um, sometimes when I have, I don't think I get it on stage, but sometimes I think if I say enough and look at myself in the mirror, I just think, oh, I don't really fit into any category um, of what's attractive at the minute, of what's, you know, either muscly or, or thin or whatever. Um, but it's kind of like, I think all, you know, all categories and all body types, it shouldn't matter, should it really? It should just, you should just feel comfortable whatever your body type is. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on that. A hundred percent. And I feel like a lot of men do struggle with their body image and, and the way that they feel like they should be looking. But I, I like I like to think that the the expectations are really shifting. And I feel like um, a lot of girls, guys, and non-binary, um, gender-conforming people are just thinking a lot of them are becoming more accepting of different body types, and they just think if you're attractive, you're attractive, it doesn't really matter. Um, but no, I was, I was, I think I was definitely the same, like, growing up, like, I was never, like, muscly or anything, I was quite small, quite a, quite a petite guy, petite little, petite little blonde boy. Um, so I looked very young for my age at the time, very young. So yeah, and then like all, like I remember like, I, was, I wasn't like a late developer or anything. I just looked way younger than I should have done. All these guys were like older, they had mustaches, they had all these muscles and loads of like, you know, and I was just not like that. 
for, for, for a while for growing up. Um, and I remember, I remember this is such a weird memory, but I have an indented chest, right? My chest like goes in a little bit. It's like a normal, normal, but like body part. It's nothing. And someone went up to me. They're like, girls have those. Means you're a girl. You've got an indented chest. It means you've got boobs. And I remember what? 10 year old me, like 11 year old me was really upset being like, what? What's the, what? if it's just an indented chest, it's just a part of my chest that just goes in a tiny bit. Like loads of people have it. And I was just thinking like, where did you learn? Where did you learn that? Like, where, why would you say that to another person? Like, why should you even care? You know? Um, so, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, thanks for sharing that. I'm sorry that you had to go through that with people. I think I can't really remember anything specific at the minute, but I do remember when I was around that age as well, people started questioning my gender from that age. Like, I think it's rude to ask whatever age, but even at that age, you like, yeah. you don't really understand why someone's asking that question. Um, so like moving on to the second half of the um, our talk, um, I'd like to talk a bit about um, photo shoots and stuff, because obviously yeah, sure. I think you, you told me um, the other day that you were part of a photo shoot. So could you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Um, so, um, can you remember, do I need to be more specific <laughs> or do you know what I'm on about? No, no, I, I, rem yeah. I remember the one. Um, so I, I, I can't explain how this happened, but for some reason I got a taste for wearing like, like, like fishnet skirts dresses you know makeup i don't know i think it started on stage halloween in 2019 when i had some makeup on and i was like yeah i feel pretty good i also look pretty good and then and then i was and then i did a, a music video where i had to have makeup on and all the guys were like sam you look really good with makeup i was like ah oh, yeah you know what most guys actually do you know makeup's great on guys you know, so then I started to really take an interest in that. I did a um, a photo shoot where I was dressed in like stereotypically sort of girl clothes and it was very feminine and uh, obviously wearing like skirts and stuff because obviously there's a lot of, it, there's a big influence on TikTok on guys wearing skirts and doing makeup and stuff, which I think is really great. And so I did something like that and I, yeah, I really loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I've just obviously... A lot of it was taken from the inspiration of uh, Youngblood, for example, who really does express himself in that way. Whether you like his music or not, he's very expressive in that sense. And I, obviously, he's a good—he's actually a good example of a good role model. I don't know if you—I don't know if you agree here. Um, um, so obviously, took inspiration from that. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I think because I usually dress in typical like boy, masculine clothes, whatever you want to call that. Um, so. Um, I like to sort of switch between the two uh, because clothes don't really have a gender. So, yeah, that that is a good point, and I think sometimes people can associate it, can't they, with like masculinity and femininity? But at the same time, I guess if if you want to associate with that, that's fine as well. But yeah, yeah thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I was just gonna mention how, how actually I've done a few photo shoots as well, where I've sort mm -hmm. of um, um, well, like masculine well, what appears to be masculine and feminine clothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just looking at my notes because I, I would forget. Um, but yeah, I was just um, going to say how when I, I've done, I've done a mixture because um, I know you said that you've done 
uh, masculine sort of photo shoots yeah. as well, which I yeah. guess you can tell us in a sec. Um, but yeah, when I did sort of more masculine, I think it was like a Christmas photo shoot. Um, oh, so nice. obviously I was wearing like dungarees, um, still sparkly shorts, but like a Santa hat. <laughs> um, so when I was sort of posing for it, I didn't necessarily think I'm going to go masculine. I think it sort of naturally came to me, oh, I'll do this like masculine pose of like a present in front of my crotch like sort yeah, of nice <laughs> like as a joke but I didn't actually plan I'm going to be masculine now um mm -hmm. even though I was technically in more masculine clothing um but I think sometimes like you're saying sometimes you don't it doesn't have to you know masculine or femininity doesn't have to be associated with gender and I think I just was what I was feeling at the time a bit like we were talking about a bit ago with performing with like photo shoots so I was kind of like feeling myself in terms of the way that I'm feeling this look I'll just I'll just try out different poses and stuff um and then obviously there's the contrast yeah. where I've done like one in like high heels um and like wearing um feathers and stuff like that so it's kind of like and in that I kind of felt like cute and stuff so I think it's kind of um how you're feeling sometimes isn't it I don't know if that's how you found doing it you just when you were like posing for it or in the moment honestly um, that's a really good point in terms of the the feeling of femininity the feeling of masculinity because um I, we actually spoke about this I think it was last night there's masculinity is not a bad thing at all like being masculine it's not there's just a difference between toxic masculinity and masculinity and I'm, I don't mean to go off topic here but I enjoy feeling and looking masculine um I like wearing like you know sort of well, quote unquote whatever it's supposed to be man clothes or deemed as manly clothes and being masculine and feeling masculine hanging out with my like male strong masculine friends and and you know, being in, involved with that, it's but it's all about being in control of that toxic side. Um, so, so yeah, like sometimes I am feeling like that. Sometimes I am feeling like I want to go outside and be masculine, but other times I do want to go out and just wear some makeup, wear a skirt, wear some fishnets. Like, but it's very much um, when the mood, when the mood takes me. Um, for instance, I went on, I did a, a show and I think I was wearing like Kappa trackies, some like boots and a crop top. And I had a bald head. I was completely shaved and I had like a hoodie on over the top, whatever. And I did that show in a, in like a crop top and it's not, it wasn't like a, a huge big thing, but for me, it was kind of a big thing because that was kind of the first step in expressing myself through clothing and on, and being on stage and stuff like that. And I don't know. I liked. I, I don't know. I like to think it was. I sort of had the balance of. It doesn't matter, you know, what I look like. I'm just expressing myself. That is like sort of we've we've just just yeah, discussed before. Yeah, that's a great point, and it's kind of what you said earlier, Bella, as, as well about um, relearning stuff. Because obviously, sometimes it should just be about. Um, I don't I want to wear this just because I want to wear it not because it's necessarily masculine or feminine although you could you could want to wear it because of that reason but if you argue it from this case it's kind of like sometimes I just yeah. want to wear something and if I'm feeling it um, I want to mix up um, different styles of clothing or yeah. expressions and sometimes it should be just how you're feeling rather than like we were saying a bit earlier what you've learned or what's been conditioned onto you you know you've got a very binary type of style or masculine and feminine yeah. if that makes sense um, but before we like move on to the last point now, because I know that we're coming to the end of the episode, um, 
I just wanted to ask you about the when when you're doing the photo shoot then with the sort of like more masculine photo shoot you said would that kind of link in what you were saying as well like obviously sometimes you like to feel masculine and stuff like yeah, that then of yeah yeah definitely it was um it was definitely a, a case of obviously feeling masculine and showing that typical that that side of me and it's definitely something that I pick up through through music as well uh, particularly the the hardcore side which is it's it can be a very masculine genre um and it could be just with sort of led by sort of men with all different body shapes all different body sizes and it's very much masculine and expressive in that sense and like so yeah when i when i did do that photo shoot i think i was wearing like a gray vest or something uh tattoos out because i you know i like obviously like to show those off um, and you know sort of short hair whatever um that's 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 what i was feeling at the time and and it's something that i do like enjoy like you said when you did the the christmas photo shoot you, you just felt it you know yeah absolutely i think that should be the way forward for everybody <laughs> um sometimes not overthinking it too much but um but yeah, um, as we're coming towards the end, it, we, we are technically at the end, but I did want to speak to you about one more thing, if that's all right. Sure. Absolutely fine. <laughs> um, so obviously you work at a university um, and you do a lot of good work there. So could you tell us a bit about that? Sure. So, um, so obviously I work at the University of Wolverhampton doing like events and stuff. And then on the side, I do a social enterprise, which sort of which works in and around um education and club culture and um and various sort of other partnerships and and sort of collaborations and stuff and it's all focused on community well-being uh, it's it's sort of tackles various social issues that affect young people um for instance one of our projects is focused on the reduction of sexual harassment and assault within club culture and we're also working with various delivery partners on COVID recovery and assisting the most vulnerable after COVID through fitness and well-being. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a mix. Obviously, we've worked at, um, alongside universities delivering sort of uh, educational sort of workshops and, and, and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a bit of a mix, but it's all, as, as the point stands, it all focuses on young people and uh, the community. It sounds amazing because I think yeah I did see some of it on your Instagram and that's where I thought oh yeah Sam would be good for this podcast because um he seems to know what he's talking about and does a lot of good work um so um but in terms of that then I just had a few questions if I'll link it into like toxic masculinity and stuff sure. like that um so in terms of like educational purposes um I don't know how much you're allowed to say but or how much you you can remember saying but um basically i think i've seen a lot of the time where it says with educating people sometimes it comes with trying to educate men as well on um so is that the angle that it comes from when you're doing it or um, um, or is it just people have to be aware and stuff i know it's quite a broad topic no, no, but, it's okay um, and i think i think i may know how to answer this uh, so hopefully i do so statistically um in statistics you know figures show that men are the perpetrators of sexual harassment and assault. Facts show that. Um, yes, men do become victims as well, um, which obviously, again, that's obviously the, the case. And there's a social stigma around men speaking up with that. And obviously it affects both genders and it affects the LGBT community, it affects everyone. Um, 
but statistically it actually says that men are the main perpetrators and that women are victims at the top of my head i know that about 70 percent of women have experienced sexual harassment and assault on a night out um so i think in terms to answer your question we, we you find the problem which is uh sort of toxic masculinity and what is deemed as acceptable behavior and the treatment of others and you try and focus on that and i don't know from from what i picked up and from what the research i've done a lot of it is the perpetrators are men and that's what they perceive as normal they perceive that as normal behavior and it's all about sort of relearning that it's about men talking to other men about the issue and, and learning from each other and and you know going from that i hope that answers it yeah that sounds really interesting and it sounds like um really valuable work that you're doing um but yeah with um i went because obviously we both went to bcu um i did like group leader training at one point it was ages ago and we did like a session on consent then because obviously we we're going to be group leaders and stuff um, so I don't know if you've worked with group leaders with societies, but um, we sort of did a, a session on consent. Um, and then basically, I think they were ask, asking people like what they think consent is. And obviously, a lot of people have different ideas about consent, don't they? Yeah. Um, so have you, this is the last point. Um, have you come across that then when you're doing your work? People have different um, ideas about, funnily enough, even if it's down to little details and stuff. 100 100% and consent is something that I, I researched in and um, wanted to explore into because it's not just a case of yes or no it's it I it has to be enthusiastic it needs to be reciprocated on both sides and you got to remember obviously it's re reversible um, which is something what I put in with the sexual harassment assault workshop I did for nightlife it's we need you need to engrave the mindset that consent is it's something that should be practiced every day. Yeah, that, that's some great words and some great advice from you, Sam. Um, thank you for coming on today. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I hope listeners you do too. Have, Sam, have you got anything um, you'd like to leave us with, like out of anything we've talked about, any lasting words or anything um, before we go? Try to normalise having conversations about safe sex, uh, about sexual, sexual health, consent, finance worries and like feelings and emotions just try and, and, and engrave that in your social group to have it as a normal conversation without embarrassment or fear i would like to thank sam for coming on to this podcast if you want to catch more of sam then check them out on instagram at sh underscore xvx Thank you for listening to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at Lox LaRue. Bye. Also, um, in terms of like, yeah, I did mess around a bit because I don't know if you used to go in the music rooms. Um, I used to go with my friends and I probably didn't spend my time wisely <laughs> in there and messing about. But I think people always used to like press the DJ button on the keyboard. I don't know if you used to do that. <laughs> I feel like that's, um, that's an unlocked memory from so many people's like childhoods um but i do i do remember that annoying dj button um i think there was like a like a someone being sick there was a girl sample <laughs> god it's really it's definitely an unlocked memory right there